Hey, podcast listeners, thanks for streaming today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory is a nonprofit ministry featuring the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress. Our mission is to pierce the darkness with the light of God's Word through the most effective media available, like this podcast. To support Pathway to Victory, go to ptv.org podcast and click the donate button or follow the link in our show notes. Now, here's today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. Let God's Word direct your steps in the coming year with the brand new 2024 Daily Devotional from Pathway to Victory. This exquisite book, bound in forest green leather and inlaid with brown and gold foil, features over 530 pages of biblical inspiration from Dr. Robert Jeffress. That's a new devotional reading deeply rooted in God's Word for every Monday through Friday and through every season in the new year. Get a copy for yourself and request several more for your family and friends when you go to ptv.org. This is Robert Jeffress. In response to the horrific attack on Israel, I've written a brand new book called Are We Living in the End Times? Go to ptv.org to order your copy. You know, one of the greatest ways to avoid regrets as a parent is to be able to look back on your years with your children and say, I accepted, I discovered, and I maximized my children's gifts. We need to remember that our most important ministry It's to our own children and grandchildren that God gives us. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. One of life's greatest challenges and most rewarding endeavors is raising godly children. But sometimes we get so caught up in the minutia of daily life, we lose sight of the big picture. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress shares four foundational commitments that you can make right now to avoid parenting regrets. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. Because of the holiday yesterday, you might have missed that we're starting a brand new series. It's the perfect subject for a new year. In this new series called Say Goodbye to Regret, I'm talking about putting your disappointment in the rearview mirror. So, in addition to my new teaching series, I've written a book for you that's also called Say Goodbye to Regret. I can't think of a more practical topic than this one. I want to send a copy of Say Goodbye to Regret to your home right away. It's my gift to you when you give a generous gift to support the growing ministry of Pathway to Victory. I'm going to say more about my book later in the program. But first, did you know that Pathway to Victory is hosting a vacation of a lifetime this summer? Yes, there's still time to reserve your spot on the 2024 Pathway to Victory Cruise to Alaska. The dates are June 15th through 22nd. I guarantee you'll come home spiritually renewed and physically refreshed. You'll enjoy the music of Rebecca St. James and Michael O'Brien, the comedy of Dennis Swanberg, and I'll be teaching from God's Word along the way. All the details for signing up are found at PTV. Now, let's get started with today's study in God's Word. I titled my message, Say Goodbye to Parenting Regrets. Amy and our girls used to dread any time I was going to preach on anything related to the family because they knew how it was going to impact them. Convicted of my own shortcomings as a husband and a father, I would try to make up for all of the wrongs I had committed in a week's time 
And they would be the victims of my misguided attempts. I remember one night in particular, I was scheduled to speak Sunday on the issue of parenting, how to be a successful parent. And by the time Thursday rolled around, I was so convicted of all the mistakes that I made that I decided I was gonna go home early and make up for a lifetime of mistakes in a single evening. Now, later on, I was able to laugh about it and I wrote down verbatim what happened. We weren't laughing at the time. But I decided to go home early and surprise my girls with a visit from dad. So I walked through the front door. I expected the girls to leap out of their chairs and come running to me. Instead, they were glued to watching some inane sitcom on television. Girls, what have you been doing today? Nothing, they said in a catatonic state. Well, something had to happen today. I grabbed the remote control from my youngest daughter, Dorothy, and clicked off the television set. Dad, we were watching our favorite program. Well, girls, we've been watching too much television around the house. We need to play more and talk more as a family. You're starting to sound just like grandma, one of them said. They know how to really hurt a guy. Well, this is one thing grandma is right about. Why don't we play a game like Monopoly or Scrabble? We don't like Monopoly or Scrabble. We only like checkers. Okay, fine, let's play checkers. Dad, we don't have a checkerboard. <laughs> All right, forget the games. Julia, let's go in the family room and you can play the piano and we'll sing together as a family. I hate playing the piano, Julia said. <laughs> After all the money we spent on piano lessons, that really hurt. Girls, we're going to create some memories together as a family tonight. So let's go outside and knock some tennis balls around in the street. Overhearing the plans, Amy protests because the girls are already bathed and ready for bed. I don't care, I said. I came home to make memories with them and that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> I have the girls put on their matching slippers and coats over their pajamas. Once outside in the street, it begins to rain. Dad, it's raining. I know it's raining, but rain never hurt anyone, I say. This is an evening you'll always remember, playing tennis with your dad in your pajamas in the middle of the street while it rains. My youngest daughter, Dorothy, begins to cry. Then my oldest. Finally, I give in and allow them to go inside. You know what's kind of sad about that? My kids probably thought I'd spend all day conjuring up the most miserable evening I could possibly plan for them to spend. My intentions had been good, but misguided. It's a reminder that it's entirely possible to make a reasonable effort in raising good kids, only to end that experience with a list of regrets. If you find that difficult to believe, consider the story we're going to look at. Before I get into that, let me just say a couple of words of uh, warning or disclaimer. First of all, the purpose of this message is not to heap a pile of guilt upon you for mistakes you've made about as parents. You know, the title of this series is Say Goodbye to Regrets. And the theme of the series is simply this, while we can't erase yesterday, we can make changes today that change our tomorrow and our eternity. And that's true, true about parenting. You can't erase the mistakes you made as a parent, but what you can do is make some decisions today that will change how you relate to your children and your grandchildren. 
I also realize that here today and watching on television, there are a number of you who would think, well, this isn't for me. I'm finished with parenting. My kids are grown and they're outside the house. If you have kids, you're never through with your parenting. A friend of mine here in the church reminded me last week that our role changes as a parent. We start out as a cop when our kids are at home enforcing the rules. Then when they move out to begin on their own, we change the role from a cop to a coach trying to encourage them to do the right thing. And then when they begin their own families, our role changes to consultant. We're there to offer advice when asked but we're never through with our parenting responsibility. Finally, I remember and realized there are some here today who aren't parents. Maybe you're not parents yet, maybe you'll never be parents, but there are still children whom you impact, important children in your life. It may be nieces, nephews, it may be children here in the church you have a ministry with. These principles are applicable to you as well. Before we talk about how to have no regrets about your parenting. I want to look at a case study in regret, and it's found in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. Really, these two chapters are a contrast between godly parents who raise godly children and some godly parents who raised ungodly children. Let's look at the godly parents who raised a godly child. The parents' name were Hannah and Elkanah. You remember the story. Hannah had prayed that God would give her a son. And after a long time of praying, God answered her prayer, gave her a son that was named Samuel, which means God has heard. He was an important priest and judge in the land of Israel. And Hannah and her husband, Elkanah, not only prayed for Samuel, they dedicated him to the Lord. They sought to realize God's purpose, not their purpose for his life. They were even willing to give him up to a priest named Eli to be mentored. Hannah and Elkanah were what we would think of as perfect parents. They would have made a great couple to interview on Focus on the Family. They seemed to do everything right because Samuel was dedicated to the Lord. Interestingly, the priest who became Samuel's mentor was a good priest, but he was a lousy parent. His name was Eli. And we find this word about Eli in 1 Samuel 2 verse 12 about his sons. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. What is it that made these two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, worthless? Well, the Bible says they were engaged in sin, two sins specifically. They stole sacrifices from the altar of the Lord to use themselves, and they engaged in sexual immorality. As a result, God said to Eli that his two sons would die on the very same day. And I want you to note the reason that God pronounced this judgment against Eli's two sons. It's found in 1 Samuel 3, 13 and 14. I have told him, that is Eli, that I'm about to judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knew because his sons brought a curse on themselves and Eli did not rebuke them. Therefore, I've sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Now, the big question is, why would Eli, a man who knew better, not rebuke his own sons when they sinned? 
I think we find the answer to that in Eli's reaction to the news of the death of his sons. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 4 that the Israelites went out to do battle with the Philistines. And in that battle, 30,000 Israelites were killed, including Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas. It was also during that very same battle that Israel lost the Ark of the Covenant. The Philistines stole it. Now, listen to the news when it reached Eli, how he reacted to the death of his sons and the stealing of the Ark of the Covenant. 1 Samuel 4, 17. Then the one who brought the news back to Eli replied, Israel has fled before the Philistines and there's been a great slaughter among the people and your two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, they are dead and the ark has been taken. Now look at verse 18. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell off the seat backward beside the gate and his neck was broken and he died for he was old and heavy. How would you like that to be the epitaph on your gravestone? He was old and heavy, but I digress. That's not the point. The point was he was so old and he was so heavy when he heard that the ark had been taken, he fell over backwards and died. Thus, he judged Israel for 40 years. What I find interesting is what sent Eli over the edge, so to speak, was not the news that his sons were dead. It was the news that the Ark of the Covenant had been stolen. You think, well, that just shows what a great and godly man he was. He cared about the things of God. He was more concerned about the things of God than he was about his own sons. No, that's called misplaced priorities. He was more concerned about his ministry to others than his ministry to his own sons. And the story of Eli reminds us that the road to parental failure is often paved with good intentions. We can be trying to do the right thing with our kids and make many mistakes. I imagine Eli, as he looked back over the years with his sons, had a number of if-onlys when it came to raising Hophni and Phinehas. Using that story as a background, I want to suggest to you today four foundational and more importantly, biblical commitments we have to make if we're going to eliminate, reduce the number of regrets we have about our parenting. Commitment number one is this. I will spend time with my children. I will spend time. Every other thing we're going to talk about requires time, both a quantity of time and a quality of time. I remember reading that a century ago, parents would spend 54% of their waking hours with their children. You know what the figure is today? 18% of our time is spent with our children. Now, you can rationalize that and say, well, people are a lot busier today than they were 100 years ago. Not really. If anything, modern technology, whether it be things like microwave ovens or washing machines, mean we have more free time than people did 100 years ago. It's how we spend that time. 
If we're going to eliminate regrets, we need to spend more time with our children. I hear that from parents. If they have any lament at all, it's looking back and saying, I wish I had spent more time with my kids. How do you do that? How do you direct more time with your children? Let me give you a few ideas. First of all, learn the go-home principle. Learn the go-home principle. You know, very few productive things happen in an office after 5.30 or 6 p.m. in the evening. You can shuffle papers around, talk on the telephone, but learn to go home when the day is over. If you have to attend an evening meeting, stay for the meeting, but don't stay around chewing the fat afterwards. Go home to be with your family. I remember reading an interview with movie director and producer Steven Spielberg years ago, and he talked about this. He said his wife allowed him to work when they had small children with this condition. He had to be home at 5.30 every day. Now, he could find all kinds of reasons for not to be home at 5.30, but he went ahead and followed that principle to be home with his small children, and his movies didn't suffer a bit. He's still the most successful producer and director in history. Secondly, negotiate with your boss for a flexible schedule. A growing number of corporations are adopting flex time policies that are more family friendly. If that's a possibility, negotiate for it. Third, and this is so key, refuse to allow other people to set your schedule. A mentor of mine used to say, you better determine what your priorities are or somebody else will determine them for you. And if spending time with your children is a priority, build that into your schedule. You know, there was a period of time on my weekly schedule, I had the important things on my schedule that I thought were important. Number one, studying, preparing for Sunday's message. That's the most important thing I do. Other things on there. But I found, you know, the one time I could really spend time with my kids was on Saturday afternoon. I'd spend Saturday mornings reviewing the message, but I blocked out Saturday afternoons. And for a little while, I used to treat that as flexible. I'd spend time with them unless anything else came up. But I realized I had to be committed to that as I did about preparing my message during the week. And so I'd write that on my calendar. Somebody might call up and say, we're having a wedding. We'd like you to do a wedding for us at 11 o'clock. And I'd look at my calendar and I'd frown. and said, oh, I wish I could. But I've got another commitment which was the truth. I had a commitment. It was to spend time with my kids. I said, could we do it? let's do it at 11 o'clock. Could we do it? Well, sure. There's no problem with 11 o'clock. What I'm saying to you is you've got to be as committed to spending time with your kids or your grandkids as you are any other important task that you have. Refuse to allow other people set your schedule. Fourth, stay focused with your children. Stay focused with your children. You know, it's possible to be with your children physically and be someplace else mentally and emotionally. And if I have any regrets as a parent, it is those Saturday afternoons, I was with my kids physically, but mentally, I was at last Tuesday night's deacon's meeting. Or I was engaged in a conversation, an imaginary conversation with somebody. Or I was spending time worrying about something that ended up never happening anyway. If you're going to spend time with your kids, be there. Physician Ross Campbell in his book, How to Really Love Your Child, talks about focused attention. 
What is focused attention? He said, it's giving our child our full undivided attention in such a way that he feels without a doubt completely loved. That he is valuable enough in his own right to warrant your undistracted watchfulness, appreciation, and uncompromising regard. Spending time, the commitment to spend time with your kids. Commitment number two for regret-free parenting is this. I will create lasting memories with my children. I will create lasting memories with my children. It's important that when your children are gone, they be able to look back at the time they spent with you as a museum of wonderful memories. How do you create lasting memories? positive memories with your children or your grandchildren. Author Stephen Kramer explains what he calls the three R's of memory making. Let me expand on them for just a moment. The first R is routine. These are things that you do daily or weekly with your kids. Uh, it may be a meal, one meal a day, breakfast or dinner that you have together as a family without smartphones or television or computers. It may be the way you close the day together or begin together, reading a Bible verse or having a prayer time together. It may be weekly, having a family night or having a game that night. Just remember to get the checkerboard before you try that. But things that you do day in and day out, these are routines Second R is ritual, ritual. You know, it's interesting that the Jews had so many special days and holy days. God gave them these special days for a reason, that even when they were separated from their homeland, they would find stability in these rituals, special days. Special days for us might include holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. It might be how we celebrate each other's birthdays, but there need to be rituals. One ritual we have found especially important in our family is a vacation. It's been that way for 30 or 35 years. It's not so much the destination, it's the idea of spending one or two weeks with your family and nothing else to concentrate on but giving them your undivided attention. I talked one time with one of my mentors who's known for his emphasis on the Christian family, and I asked him, what's the most important thing you did as a parent? And he said, my wife and I made a decision that we were going to apportion a large amount of our budget to family vacations. In fact, he said, instead of leaving our children a large inheritance, we decided to spend their money while they were still, uh, we were still alive creating memories of taking them on trips and things we could always look back on with a great deal of fondness. Have those kind of rituals with your family, holidays, birthdays, vacations. And then the third R stands for the ridiculous. <laughs> there ought to be just fun things you do as a family to provide excitement in your family. They don't have to be elaborate or expensive. We need to remember, you only have a short time with your kids. Why not devote the energy and time you need to the children you love? On tomorrow's program and also in my book, I have much more to say on this topic. 
we're talking about saying goodbye to parenting regrets. This is a brand new teaching series in which we'll address 10 highly practical topics. Topics like saying goodbye to marital regrets, saying goodbye to career regrets, and more. You can request your copy of my book right now. It's called Say Goodbye to Regret. The subtitle says it all, Living Beyond the Would-Haves, Could-Haves, and Should-Haves. All that's required to receive your book is that you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. By doing so, you're empowering us to provide these daily visits on radio, television, and the internet. So please be generous so that we can continue to reach even more people like you and your family with the bold teaching of God's Word. We've made it very easy to link arms with us. In fact, many in our audience have agreed to automate their monthly giving to Pathway to Victory. We call these people our Pathway Partners. Pathway Partners share our passion for bold, biblical, and practical Bible teaching, and they've agreed to give a gift every month. In this relationship, a Pathway Partner takes on a ministry of their own. By giving a monthly gift, our Pathway Partners are proclaiming the gospel in faraway places they may never physically visit. You can become a Pathway Partner and enjoy all the benefits that go with it by going right now to ptv.org. Plus, when you give a generous gift today, I'll be sending you a copy of my book, Say Goodbye to Regret. David. Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. You're invited to request your copy of the best-selling book by Dr. Jeffress, Say Goodbye to Regret, when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, or when you give your first gift as a Pathway Partner. Just call 866-999-2965 or visit online at ptv.org. And when you give an especially generous gift of $75 or more, We'll also include the complete Say Goodbye to Regret teaching series on audio and video discs. Perfect for listening to in the car or watching with your small group Bible study or Sunday school class. One more time, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. Now, if you'd prefer to write, let me give you that address. P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas 75222. One more time, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, inviting you back next time for part two of the message, Say Goodbye to Parenting Regrets. That's Wednesday, here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. You made it to the end of today's podcast from Pathway to Victory, and we're so glad you're here. Pathway to Victory relies on the generosity of loyal listeners like you to make this podcast possible. One of the most impactful ways you can give is by becoming a Pathway Partner. Your monthly gift will empower Pathway to Victory to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and help others become rooted more firmly in His Word. To become a Pathway Partner, go to ptv.org podcast and click on the Donate button or follow the link in our show notes. We hope you've been blessed by today's podcast from Pathway to Victory.